You're not alone, you're not alone. There's so many more. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. So we're, do, we're doing this. Uh, we're really doing this. And even... This is, this is hard for me, sharing my story. This is so hard for me because I always, I always preach against, well, no, not so much preach against, but really look into it as to say, um, oh, practice what you post. Mm. That is so important to me to practice what you post. And in 2016, my career, my life career, was at a was at a super high. I had um, backtracked to 2015. I had just finished the launch of the Blind Stigma, the documentary, and I never knew that little film that took me and my team seven days to film would become such a staple point in Canadian history. It is the first documentary in Canada that talks about mental health in the black community. And it has gotten so many accolades and so many people have been very open after what the documentary came out to talk about their own stories and, and to share their own experience. That same year, the documentary came out February 7, 2015, and I got married July of that year. So 2015 was a super busy year for me. I mean, the years leading up, like 2014, it took me a year to do the documentary to to gather my facts and to get the host, not so much the host, but to get the um, the guest and everything like that. Um, launched it in 2015, got married in July, and my career started taking off. And I and I I wasn't expecting the takeoff that it that it did. Um, the community dubbed me as a mental health advocate. Uh, title that I hold so dear to my heart with such honor and I and I and I started working on that and and doing a lot more speaking engagements and and um, interviews and workshops you know one of the biggest thing that happened to me was when somebody reached out to me from the Northern Caribbean University in Jamaica and said they would love for me to come down and share my documentary um screen my documentary there and be the keynote speaker and this was this is huge this is like a, a paid job like a trip and everything like that and I was just like wow my story was even featured on TVJ in Jamaica and why this was so important to me because I am Jamaican and I was born in Jamaica I was raised in Jamaica half of my life and mental illness is something that is not talked about we don't even talk about it if we do talk about it it's like you're gone mud that's just it. We we don't. There's no conversations around it. There's no healthy, positive conversations around it. It's the big elephant in the room that nobody addresses. And this was so incredible for me. And it was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Jamaica and I'm gonna do this. And I was I was married like almost a year because this was this was April. And like I said, my I got married and my career my career took off. And I don't think. My ex-husband, I'm now divorced, 
it was something that he couldn't really handle. And I was, I was criticized a lot for not being more of a domesticated wife. And that was hard for me because it's not like I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to clean. I don't know how to wash. I do know how to do all of those things. Trust me. Raised back home in the country, that is that is something that's staple that we have to know. But also, I I did everything myself. I didn't have a publicist. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have anybody that was working with me. So my websites I built on my own. Everything I built on my own. You know, the documentary wasn't, it's not like I had a distributor. It was all through me. The documentary was, was I, I funded the documentary. I held an Indiegogo campaign asking the public for, for funds towards it. And we barely made anything. And that what we made, I used to do a private screening and brought in some um, producers, directors, and people that were involved in the documentary just to see a private screening of it so that when I do launch it, anything that I needed to clean up, their opinion meant a lot to me. So, but everything else came from my credit card. So I, I did everything pretty much by myself and my career was taken off. And um, my ex-husband at the time, I don't think it's something that he, not I don't think, it's something that he couldn't really handle. And I got criticized a lot in that marriage. I got verbally abused a lot in that marriage. I made a post the other day, and, and this is why I'm coming back to, to, to post. And... Um, and to practice what you post. And I made a post about idolizing social media couples and, and, and saying about it being couple goals. And really, your couple goal should be you and your partner, what you have, because sometimes you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And, and I, I struggled a lot in my marriage. I mean, every disgusting name that you can call a female I've been called. Every, I've been called idiot. I've been called fool. I've been called <sighs> so many things. And I look at it as like, okay, you're beating me down, but it's just all negative energy. I'm going to rise above this. And here I was going through life, budding through my career and talking about um, having a healthy mindset and mental health awareness and going home to hell every single day of my life. I remember one time my anxiety flared up so bad I had to go to the hospital and I was home. I had to, They brought me home with a, with a heart monitor and my I was sending pictures to my mother, showing my mother what I had. And my ex-husband saw me taking a picture and cussed me out about everything. You have to put your business on social media and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm not putting this on social media. This is just a picture that I'm sending to my mother, you know, just so she can see. And at the time, I didn't know that my anxiety was flaring up because I was in a, an emotionally and verbally abusive marriage. I had no idea. And I'm, I'm, you know what? We're going to get real. I saw signs before. I saw signs before 
marrying my ex. But I just, I said, first of all, we were together a total of 15 years. So we got married when our relationship was at 14 years and the marriage last one year. Um, and um, we, so I didn't share that I was in a relationship until I was 10 years into my relationship. It's not something I really talked about on social media. I just shared it around when we were 10 months, 10 years in. And when he, um, when he, when he, pro yeah. when he proposed to me in, in 2013, you know, he, he gave me a huge ring, huge ring. And, you know, I had it on social media and, um, I was like, I shared my engagement. We got engaged in, in, in Jamaica and I started sharing bits about my relationship, especially after then. And I saw little signs leading up, but I was just like, I can't call this wedding off. Because okay. it's already out there that I'm getting engaged. And so I need to follow through yeah, with and this. Yeah, so, and so my yes. career is thriving. And, um, you know, I'm just going to do whatever he says, you know, because it's just, I'm just going to still work towards my goals. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing. My, my goals and my dreams were my safe haven. It was my safe space. Ah, so you're still, you're still going through the motions and going through like your professional, yeah. you know, your professional pursuits and all of these types of things. But I think what's also fascinating as well is, is that, um, you know, part of that is also, and we're, we're all guilty of this as well, is what society dictates. You know, society says we have to, we should be married by a certain age. Yes. Um, you know, we, you know, children, all of these kinds of things. So if I've announced this engagement, and especially if I've been with this person for 10 so years, you yeah. know, the next step is just, you know, you might as well get married, yeah. right? And we've already put it out there. So, you know, yeah, I may see signs, but at the end of the day, you know what, we'll just, we're going to just yeah. go forward, And I'm like, right? you know what, at the end of the day, we're just going to work through it because to me, we, we've been together so long and we've been together longer than Jay-Z and Beyonce. You see, you see that? You can't talk to me. This right. is a long-term right. relationship. This, exactly. So, you Exactly. Know, the the you know the engagement party was out there. The shower was out there. It was just I I just felt like okay. So you know I'm definitely gonna get married. And even on my even on my wedding day, like I look back at that day and I was just like I hated my dress. I hated my hair. I oh. hated. Now, do everything you that I wasn't because now, I did what my ex-husband told me that uh, I should look I like. Was, I was going to so say I wanted that. your hair like this and I wanted your dress like this. And it's like, if it, you know, I had so the princess cut. It's not yeah, you. Yeah, I had the princess cut and I I had my hair up in a bun. And if you truly know me, <laughs> I would have a mermaid dress and I would have a long weave down to my back. Take okay, that. that's what Take I would that. do. Okay. And I just remember looking at my bridesmaids. And my mom on the day of my wedding, and I was just like, I was crying. And this is so new to everybody that's going to, I was crying. And it's not like happy tears. I was just like, I don't even look good. Mm. I don't even, I didn't feel like myself. Okay. I did not feel like Stacey Ann. And, you know, marriage was, it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day for, 
the wedding. I mean, it rained in the in the morning, whatever, but it just everybody enjoyed themselves. And even the wedding itself, just by the wedding itself was so stressful because I wanted 150 guests in like three months before the wedding. It went up to 220. Mm, and it oh was just goodness. everything was just me as a planner, just doing everything, everything, everything. Right. My ex-husband probably put in five percent of the work that's needed to be done. Oh my I goodness. had to do everything to plan. I, I had the I had the blind stigma. It was just like everything was just so draining and was killing me. I got married and like I said, my my career was just taken off and um I, I guess my ex husband couldn't couldn't handle that. And I felt in a way that perhaps he was jealous of of the status that I was getting, but um, it's not about being jealous of your partner. It's about understanding that we all have different seasons. But even even with that, and I appreciate you say that because I think you know, yes, in in a in relationships we have different seasons, mm-hmm. but also. Um, my season doesn't mean that your light is dimmed as my partner. We both shine together. Absolutely not. But unfortunately, um, what it sounds like is is that your light is shining and he is now intimidated, uh, threatened, you know, which is unbelievable because, I mean, my assumption is that, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, his manhood is being threatened now because you're becoming so powerful you don't necessarily have to quote-unquote depend yeah, on and him. I, and, and, and that is the wrong mentality to have because in everything that I do, and if you've ever been to uh, a production or something that I do, I always give credit to my ex-husband. I mm. always did. But I'll call th- him up or point him out in the audience. I always did. But the thing is... Say, it's just not me. I have a partner. Yes, but the thing is, is that it's not spearheaded by him. Yes, I'm giving you the praise and I'm giving you the accolades, but for someone who is not mature enough to handle somebody else's shine... Hmm. what ends up happening is is that yeah she's giving me the accolades but she's still the center of attention uh-huh. and that in and of itself ends up being a problem so even though in our mind we're like no we're doing this together if it wasn't for my partner you know you 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 bring the person into the fold mm-hmm. but if they're if that person already lacks self-esteem then it doesn't matter that you've pulled them in they are still lacking internally. And that, it's so, so toxic. It it was like, I I just remember my, we used to have so many fights during that marriage and everything was just all on me. And, you know, I just remember one time my ex told me that you want this marriage to work, you have to do what I say. Just, that was just straight. Just straight. It was like you want this marriage to work. You have to do what I say. And and even leading and even leading up, like I said, when the engagement and we we're getting married, I just felt like, you know, we can we can work through this through therapy. It's like you didn't even want to go to therapy because of him is like getting people in our business. But then on top of that, remember it's not his fault. So why do we need to go to therapy? Yeah, and so it was, everything was just all on me right. and what I what I felt like I needed to do. I mm-hmm. felt like um, my breaking point came when. I didn't tell my parents. That's the thing. I, I I just remember my marriage was so toxic. And mm. I felt like I just needed to protect myself in a way because it's just like tempers will flare, not just from me, from him. Yes. It was it was so toxic. And I just remember I I went to my dad and I cried to my dad and I was like, Why did you raise me this way? You raised me to to speak out. 
you raised me to have a voice. You raised me to have an opinion. You raised me to save my own money. You, you, you raised me like a man. Hmm. You raised me like a man, daddy. You did not. The one thing you forgot to do was raise me as a wife. Because mm. I didn't understand that word wife. Till this day, that word bothers me. Because I felt like that word took everything away from me. And I felt like that word didn't make me Stacey Ann Buchanan anymore. Mm. I was no longer myself. I was right. just trying to be some I was someone I was someone else's. And my dad my dad had no idea what was going on. But my dad is smart. Mm. Parents are smart. And my dad said to me, I didn't I raised you to be a somebody, not somebody's. Mm, and that he is and when he said that to me was when I was just like, okay. I didn't have to tell my dad what was going on. Because basically I had to listen to saying that this is how the marriage will work is if I tell you what to do. I mean, my ex would leave in the morning, go for work, like say seven o'clock in the morning, come back, say 10 o'clock at night because he was into home renovations and he'll come back and I'll still be on the computer. Leave me on the computer working. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll forget to eat oh my goodness. because I was so busy with so many different businesses and building it all on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just remember... And like I said, this was in 2016, like at the height of my career. Even this is when I I did um, my story was featured on Bed. Let's talk. Oh yes, I was I, I was that. going through all of this, and it's like boom, boom, boom. Here's your career going all the way up. Here's your personal life going, going all the down. way down. And you gotta go out there, and you're gonna mask it, and you gotta pretend like everything is okay. I had to wear this mask and pretend like everything okay. My ex husband walked out on me. That's how my marriage ended. He walked out on me. We've had so many fights, and he walked out on me a day before my birthday. Okay. And he said to me, the whole world sees you as motivating and inspirational, but you're nothing but trash. Jeez. And I started to cry. I cried because of all the names that you've called me in the past, of all the names that you've ever said to me that were degrading, disgusting. This one somehow hit. Mm-hmm. And when I was crying, he mockingly looked in my face and he said, are you going to go back to being depressed? This time you should kill your effing self. Oh, my gosh. And that's when I knew. Those words made me know. I'm like, it's not my problem. I'm, I am not the problem anymore. So that this, was the catalyst this, for you. This was, this was it for me because I realized then and there that it wasn't me mm. it, it wasn't you're you're dealing with whatever demons that you're dealing with and it had nothing to do with me okay and in the midst of all of that too even before that was like one of the days i was trying so hard to, to have a child i've right. always wanted a child right for eight years i've prayed the same prayer mm -hmm. i was the kind of woman that you know women will see their periods and they'll get so happy i will cry mm -hmm. because Understood. i wanted a baby so bad and I was going to a fertility clinic trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I'm there in the fertility clinic. And this, you know, and I was just see couples around me. You're in a fertility clinic. You need two yeah, people. Yeah, and absolutely. I'll see couples around me. And I'm just there by myself yeah. with just a rock on my finger and nothing else. Yeah, me just trying to figure out what is wrong because the problem is it has, it has to, to be, be me. you. Right. It has to be me. And when that happened, I, I remember... The day after was my birthday, and I had a, a party planned. And, of course, he didn't show up, and my brother was driving me to that party. And I was just telling my brother what happened, and my brother was like, 
your best life is coming. He said that. Yeah, he was just like, you're going to write that book. And you have you the best part of your life is coming. And in the midst of those comforting words, which I felt were comforting words, but I didn't take any, I didn't think they meant, I didn't, I didn't find, I thought it was just like softening the blow Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't see the picture when you said it, but the words comforted me in a bit and the word, and then this is it. You're dealing with all of that, Mm -hmm. but you can't let anybody know that your marriage is going through issues or going through problems and that you're separated. Exactly, because there's a stigma with that as well. There's a stigma with being separated and, and God forbid, divorce, right? Yeah, so now I'm I'm doing this. She just got married. Um, You know, um, we celebrated our one-year anniversary just a month ago, Mm. and now, you know, things... Things I look back at those one year anniversary pictures and I just cringe because I'm like we were so not happy, mm. you know. But yes, yeah, so I posted a picture on social media and people are like, "Oh my god, congratulations, couple goals, all of that." And I was just like, "That's why I, I talk, I speak out so much about that." But anyways, um, we we had yeah, my birthday came about and I had to I had to I had to just deal with the rest of that year 2016 and the biggest thing that came up for me was my my fashion show the mystic effect okay i don't know natasha how i did that show i have no idea till this day how i did that show but i remember i i always go up at the end of my show and i always say thank you i personally thank every single person that i worked on the show right and i said the last thing I said, and I think the most, the two most important men in my life, mm. my brother and my father. Mm. And I know some of the audience caught on to that comment. Okay. I know they're probably wondering what's going on. I still had a ring on my finger. So when my ex-husband walked out on me on August 13, 2016, I decided that I was going to file my divorce in October because I hadn't heard from him. Mm. There was no messages. There was no calls. There was, there was nothing. I I got up and I I was like, today I'm going to go file my divorce. This was in October and I remember it's October 24th. And I walked down to 333 three University. Three University <laughs> and I went in there and I, and I spoke with a lady and I said, you know, I'm filing a divorce. And she asked me how long we've been married. And I said, just a year. And, um, said there's no kids we had no property right so um she said okay well since you have no kids no property will be it will be granted in a year and i said okay providing that he doesn't contest it or anything like that so um when i filed the divorce she said so i said okay so it will be it will it should be finished by october 24th this year she said well no when did he walk out on you and i told her the date august 13th i said a day before my birthday she said well honey it will be it will be your birthday present next year. You will be divorced by then. Wow! So it was counted from when he walked when he, out, when he walked when he out. Walked out yeah, that yeah, yeah. Separation. That's right. And this is this is what I had to deal with now. Um, the embarrassment of saying anything. It was so hard for me because I was embarrassed. Mm. When I say I was embarrassed, I was so ashamed because I felt like a failure. Not just a failure as a woman, but just as a failure because I felt like I wasn't real. Okay. Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be fake, you know, mm. and I don't want to live my life as like, 
everything is okie dokie everything is perfect but yet still it isn't you know and i was just like i don't there's so many broken women that follow me and so many broken people in general that follow me and i don't want to be an example of somebody that is just here to give you good advice or share good advice with you and and to make you feel good and about themselves and really they're they're broken on the inside and whatever they're saying is false mm. i put so much pressure on myself for this image for this for image for this image that you portray and we do that i put we, so much pressure yeah, and and we, i'm telling you any of my listener any of my followers is listening right now and i don't need to apologize because there's nothing to apologize for that's it that is but it. I, I, I was so lost, and mm. even and even mm. now we're sitting in the studio, and I'm gonna be even more real. It was so hard for me to do this interview because I'm like, I'm still not ready. Mm. I'm still not ready. But I, I went through it, and I, I remember, I had to deal with buzzes around, so people will will even ask my assistant. They'll be like, I don't see Stacey Ann posting her husband. Is everything okay? Mm. That that was hard for me to deal with because I'm like, you know, you want to say, but people are fast. <sighs> but the reality, they're fast because you put your business out, out there. there. Yeah, no, understood. You know, understood. Um, a, a, an ex friend of mine made a made a post about me on social media on his Facebook page. Another friend told me about it, and it was like, this is what happens. When you're high and mighty and you show off big ring and, and, and your wedding and all of that, everything come crashes. Um, something about shame, kill, Miss Mary, high post or whatever. There's a Jamaican oh saying that goes along with that. Gracious. Like well, disgrace. Know, you- and I was just like, that hurt me so much. And I and I, I had to live my life for a bit, just just in shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I started but I started doing some work on myself and I started healing on myself. And this is what I was actually just going to ask you as well, because, you know, you have so eloquently just spoken about, you know, the pain, the heartache, the things that you've gone through. And before I ask you this question, the one thing that you've just mentioned that I that I just didn't want to say is when you said, you know, we're here in the studio and we're, you know, we're talking about this and you said that you weren't even ready to do your story. What's interesting is that we have to take a step back and figure out what is ready. What yeah. does what does ready look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I would challenge you and say that you are ready because this is the reason we do this podcast. Absolutely. You know, we have this thing in terms of an image, in terms of what what ready has to look like, because we're the hosts of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I would say you are ready. Thank and you. this is the this is the reason why we have this podcast. It's it's this. Sto- it's your story. It's the pain of that story, but it's the purpose behind it. That's why I want to ask you. Where are you now? Where are you now with everything that you have gone through and, you know, continue going through? Where where are you now in terms of your your mental health journey? Um wow. My journey is a lot more understood. Mm. It's not just the journey of going through 
depression and anxiety and, and able to share that in in the blind stigma documentary it is it is more of finding out who i am because i'm like okay god you you already hit me with such a big blow mm. now you're coming with a, a bigger blow <laughs> and but the tools that i learned in dealing with anxiety and depression was what i was able to deal with in this new chapter of my life I that see. i went through i i had to before I, I get into where am I now, I had to, I started with doing a little inner work on healing. Yes, yes. And I started to date myself. Yes, I, yes. That's the thing that I started to do in the forefront. I started to to buy myself flowers every week. And I started to um, go out on dates by myself and, and, and dress up too. Not just jeans and, and sneakers and, and a sweatshirt. I'm talking about you know, a long red dress with a high slit and like a ponytail and just red lipstick. I dressed up and I took myself out and I wanted to know this woman that I am. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give myself everything that I know I'm going to want from love next. Yes. But I wanted to, to, to treat myself and love myself because I, I realized that I didn't love myself in the capacity that I needed to love myself because if I'd loved myself, I would not have taken that crap for so long. Mm. And I, I had to learn to, to love myself. I had to learn to appreciate myself, it's, my flaws. I take, I took ownership of everything. I, 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 I didn't put the blame on anything. I took ownership of me and my life journey and I, and I, and I was able to move forward. I'm in the journey right now where I'm still getting to know who this woman is, you know, and 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 loving her journey and her growth. And I took four years off from doing any um, personal, from doing any business, like yes. any of my entrepreneurial journey. So when I stopped the Mystic Effect in 2016, when I was when I was on that stage and I was, and I was just saying that, you know, the two most important men in my life and I was giving that speech, I knew I was going to take four years off for some reason. I'm like, I'm going to do four years of just healing. And we know we talked about healing isn't linear and it doesn't really have a timestamp that this is when you should heal. But I wanted that time off to just to get to know myself because I, I figured all those years of being an entrepreneur, I've worked so hard and I didn't really get to know who I am. Okay. And I only knew myself through a 15 year relationship. Right. That's like right. all my twenties and half of my thirties. Yeah. So it's a decade and a half with one person. So you kind of know yourself through that person. And when that is ended, who are who, you? Exactly. The so question marks. Exactly. So I had to relearn and get to know this, this, this brand new Stacey Ann. And now I'm on this, beautiful 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 journey uh, of just motherhood love family oh my gosh everything that i hold dear to my soul is the most important thing to me oh my goodness and 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 it's and it's and it's and it's cherishing everything that i that i have you know um it's also a journey of of exploration and a journey of more self-discovery. Um, I'm teaching myself little mindful skills on how to have effective 
communication yes. because I was so used to being in a toxic relationship yes, of course. where it was also a toxic, selfish relationships where we lived more like roommates than lovers. Right. And I had to learn to condition myself. Mm. So even having conversations and, and, and opening up to, to, to people and, 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 and hugging like little things like that, of course, little things like that. I had to go back and, and, and relearn because you have to learn I, to love again. Yeah. Because when toxicity, toxicity, toxicity yeah. is planted in you. Yes. It's like it was there. Yeah. So I had to kind of weed it out oh, and, sure. and, 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 and for and sure. 100%. Do like a big old, um, regrowth. Oh, for sure. For sure. Your story, Stacey Ann, is so powerful. And I'm just, you know, sitting here in awe of you. And not only what you've gone through, but how you have grown from it. And I've seen your life and how you have grown from this and how happy and blessed you are now and what God is doing in your life. It's Amen. it's amazing to see. And I'm so glad as our friendship continues to grow that I'm part of that journey. And I'm so happy to be alongside you, Thank uh, you. for your journey. I want to ask you, in the midst of all of this, we've gone through so much, how do we... In your eyes, how do we change the stigma of mental illness in the black community? Oh, how do we change the stigma? There's so many ways that we can change the stigma. There's so many ways that's needed to be changing the stigma. But the most important thing is to have healthy conversations and positive conversations Amen. is for us to to create safe spaces so when a person comes to us and starts sharing something we don't think of it as like oh my god i can't believe this and, and start with the judgment or i can't mm. allow because it took a lot of strength a lot of strength for that person to come to you specifically and yes. share something yes. respect that space Honor the privilege that you have that someone can come to you and express what they're going through. We also have to take off the shades of thinking that the people that we admire so much that have everything going on, good for them on social media, what you see is good. They're human beings as well. That's right. And we all go through our own struggles. And so to have the level of compassion and to and to create create safe spaces for us we can create a safe space on social media it doesn't have to be where we think it's all toxic we can do that safe space for us to have dialogues to share that is that is a big step of removing the stigma which is which is which is the overall the big umbrella of the stigma is a shame absolutely that's that's what i wore the first one i dealt with anxiety and depression it was a shame and now when i had to deal with a divorce it was even a bigger shame, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a big, big shame. And, to and it's see, not. Like, and it's that's, not. It's, that's the thing. Like in the midst of not. all of this, it is not. It's life. Oh. Thank you. And I think once we're able to hold on to that yeah. and say that this is life, the shame is gone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I remember. I remember I had an aunt. My auntie. She. I remember I didn't want to 
you know, I was just scared about what people are going to think about me and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what makes you think people care about you? OMG. <laughs> what makes you think that? Because she's like, at the end of the day, listen, gossip live for nine days. After that, it's done. Right. People have their own lives to go back right. to their own, right. their own struggles that they're dealing with. <laughs> and, you know, because that was my thing. Right. I was scared about what people, people. are going to say. I was mm-hmm. scared about people laughing at me and stuff like that. Just, you know, so... To have my rough auntie OMG. break it down for me right. and give me the reality. Right. The reality. You're thinking too, and and it's her thing saying you're thinking too highly of yourself. It's not to break me down. It's to say you're a human being. Exactly. Everybody has their own stuff that they're dealing with. Everybody. And I have to say, when I did end up sharing that I was divorced, I didn't go into details. I just, I went, I was in Paris and I was at the Love Lock Bridge by myself and these two older women was wondering why was such a beautiful young girl here by herself. And I said that I was divorced. And so I wanted to do everything that I've always wanted to do. Right. So in the midst of dating myself, I, I started traveling. That's, that's right. why I took so many. That's why I took yes, years off right. because that's I started traveling right. and, and doing my solo traveling and just living my best authentic life. Mm. Not a best Instagram hashtag life, my best true authentic, authentic. life. And in the midst of traveling and doing all, this, all of that, I was finding myself and healing. So how I shared my story, I didn't share my story in a way to say to give details i just said this is it mm-hmm. and i shared that i was divorced about a year after right my um about a year and change after my divorce was finalized and i remember i even wrote i wrote it out and i shared it with my parents i let my parents read it and i said but do you think it's okay and my mom's like yes everything is good of course and my dad's like you're gonna get you're gonna get so many men in your in your inbox not to date me but you have gonna so many men that are gonna say to you wow they're gonna come to you for even more advice and my dad was right wow that story brought so many people that were opening up to my to share their own story because a lot of people don't understand like divorce is a grieving process too 100 percent. and i didn't realize and so all those actions that i was doing i was grieving yeah because people think grief is only associated with death and i go it is it is a significant loss of what you believed you had and you believed that powerful it's what you believed you had and you sit there and you're grieving it thinking oh my goodness i carved i carved out this life that i thought i had and now it's gone. It's gone. What do I do? And you have to you know, allow yourself that permission to be human to actually go through that grieving process. So you come out on the other side of it. Yes. You know, understanding whom you are as a person. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Stacey Ann, all I could say is thank you. Your Thank story, you. your story is so so powerful, but your journey is even more powerful. I want you to understand that because this is a journey. Thank so you. I know and I see that your journey is taking you to places that your your journey is taking you places that I don't even think you even know. But on top of that, it is going to inspire so many people and it's going to facilitate so many individuals healing. That's where I think the power and the beauty is. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, that, that felt so good. (laughs) That was the first time I've shared that story publicly. And I just feel like just the weight, 
has just been, been like just, just lifted. That's how healing works. I love this healing. I thing. love it too. I love it. I Let's love take it. healing out for dinner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.